than this was. And I was, I told Reagan, um, I mean, it was the last minute, and there, you know, there, there were reasons people didn't come. I think besides not liking us, hopefully. But I told my wife Reagan, just man, I just feel like this is so pointless. What's, what was the purpose of it all? And they didn't get any better. She said, no, the whole point of this season was that those kids could do something normal this year. And it just sort of was like, oh, what I thought was the purpose actually wasn't really that important in the scheme of things. But what was more important was them doing something normal this fall of 2020. And, that, and they got that. They got something good. And that's often the way it is with us and our sense of what our purpose in life is. That we have a certain idea of, if I, I need to do this, or this is what would really make me have a fulfilling or meaningful life, and if I just, and it usually has to do with success, it usually has to do with recognition, it has to do with uh, wealth, things like that. We, we think that that's purpose. And today we want to look at that really what God's purpose for our life is different than what we think it is. And... It's, it's, it's better, but it's different. I ran across this. I was reading a blog from Tim Mackey and, and Whitney Woolard from the Bible Project last week, and they wrote this. It's kind of a blog, a summary of the book of 2 Corinthians. They said, most societies value success, education, wealth, beauty, and fame. This seems especially true. Let's just go back over those again slowly. Success. Education, wealth, beauty, fame. That sums it up pretty good, like what we, what we think, tend to think what the world thinks is, is, is purpose. This seems especially true in the celebrity-crazed culture that's so entrenched in Western society and in our own hearts and churches. Isn't that, I mean, that's true. We tend to think that's what our purpose is, one of those things, and even more so in the world of, social media and, you know, trying to be a celebrity, we think that that's going to bring it. But what God says purpose is about is, is very different. And there's a, a pretty good summary or direction for us about what that is when Jesus is asked, hey, what's the most important commandment? And Jesus answered this in Matthew 22. He said the most important commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And he said, the second is like it. It's to love your neighbor as yourself. And so our purpose isn't so much what we accomplish or the accolades or the status, wealth, beauty, any of that. It's, it comes from a place of loving God with everything we have. And then how do, we, uh, how do we love God? One of the main ways is by loving others the same way we love ourselves. I think this is really important because even that, as we were singing the last song about just, God, draw me closer. Let me know your love. I want to experience your love. There is a very important element of that that we experience that just directly through prayer and communion with God and our personal experience with God that God wants us all to have. And there's another very, very real dimension of this that we have to experience, which is through loving people and being loved by people. Jesus said the second is like it. How do you, he, Jesus also said if you love God, how can you say you love God if you don't love your neighbor who you can see? And so it's very intertwined, this idea of, 
of loving God and, and loving others. And so basically the bottom line of today is, man, our purpose is, is to love God and love others. And we're going to look a little bit at what that, how that, what that looks like. Um, I was drawn to the scripture recently in, in the Old Testament as part of the law, the book of Deuteronomy. And it just really got me thinking. There, it's in, uh, in Deuteronomy 23. And in the Old Testament, the law is really, we sometimes have negative uh, impressions of it. But it's really, it's a, it's a blueprint of how God, God wanted people in society to live. And it's not the fullness. The fullness of life is only fulfilled in Jesus. But it's kind of like a two-dimensional blueprint of what life and society looks like when we're ordered according to God's ways and God's laws. And so this, this is kind of a random example we're going to look at here, but I think there's some real uh, implications to pull out. So let's look at this. In Deuteronomy 23, just imagine how this would play out in an in, in agricultural society. If you go into your neighbor's vineyard, you may eat your fill of grapes. Wait, that sounds pretty good. Right? It's not your vineyard. If you go into your neighbor's vineyard, you may eat your fill of grapes, as many as you wish, but you shall not put any in your bag. If you go into your neighbor's standing grain, you may pluck the ears with your hand, but you shall not, shall not put a sickle to your neighbor's standing grain. That's kind of interesting. Like, wow, this is in the Bible. Like, why is, why is this here? What's the, what's the point? Well, it's, it's a whole economic system that's, you can ask, is this socialism? Is this capitalism? It's actually neither. It's actually, it's, it's kind of different. There's this reality that people have their own land, and they own the fruit that they the crops that they raised on it. But it wasn't such firm lines as that. There was also a sense of, like, we're part of a broader society. It's kind of like, I know babysitting isn't as common as when I was a kid, but I did my share of babysitting. And it was like, when you go to someone's house and they say, hey, whatever's in the fridge, just help yourself to it. Like, that's a really good feeling, right? You know, it's like, man, they, people, other people always have, like, they got the stuff that you don't have. They have the different kinds of chips or the chocolate milk or the ice cream. It's just like, it always looks better when it's in someone else's house. And there's that moral dilemma when they don't give you the open invite. You're like, okay, is it okay? Like, I, I don't know about you, but I always feel tempted to like, I want to try that ice cream. Like, there's, is it okay? I really want to eat what's in their pantry or their fridge. But this is saying, hey, basically, that's okay. Like, you can, don't, don't harvest it and take it to the market and sell it, but just you can, you can help yourself to a snack or a little meal. We actually, this was in the New Testament, there's a story of Jesus and his disciples walking through the grain fields and helping themselves to, to the, the, the wheat, or the grain, as they did that. And that was from this understanding. And so it's this, this is the title of our message, what's, what's mine is yours. There's a sense that it's not just mine, but it's, what, it, what, what I have is for other people also. I thought of this yesterday, I was visiting my parents out, and they live out in the country, and I left their house, and there were five big turkeys right there on the side of the road. And I was like, if I had a shotgun right now, would it be okay? This isn't their land. This is their neighbor's land. Would it be okay? No. Then here we got, like, no trespassing, you know, signs and all these lines. But this is a little different understanding here. There's this, like, what's mine is yours. Those of you 
you know, you know the Hispanic saying, uh, mi casa, su casa, right? It's that, that idea that it's not just my stuff isn't just mine, but it's for others too. And I don't know about you, but that sounds like a really good environment to live in. That sounds like that's a good, good place to live. Although it also puts some pressure on us. I think some of us are more like, well, I don't know if I want someone taking my grapes. Like, those are my grapes. I worked hard to grow those. Why is someone else just going to come in and grab them? And then others of us, there's the other dynamic of like, you know, I, I actually am pretty hungry right now, and bank account's pretty low. I really could, I really could stand to go walk through my neighbor's great vineyard right now and get a snack, but you know, I'm like, my pride gets in the way of recognizing that I have a need that my neighbor could, could help. And so there's really um, the need for both giving and receiving to live out this, this what's mine is yours way of life. Um, but there are some really beneath this way of thinking, there are some underlying beliefs that you have to understand to live this way. If we go back to this ancient Israel example, there are, this is set in a broader context. And I want to look at three beliefs that would be underneath this what's mine is yours mindset that they would have. The first belief is this. It's that I have an abundant inheritance. I have an abundant inheritance. In ancient Israel, the land was given to the whole nation as an inheritance. And when the Israelites came out of Egypt and into the promised land, God gave it to them as an inheritance, and then it was divided up between every tribe and then every clan, and then every family unit was given an inheritance of part of the land. And so there is this, and it was an abundant land. It was a good land. And so there was an understanding that God wanted them to have is that, hey, you don't have to just scratch and claw out of your own resources to live this life, but I have an abundant world, and I want to give you an inheritance within this world. And so there was a sense of not scarcity, but abundance, a, scare, a sense of not just earning, but receiving an inheritance. And that's the, the inheritance was not only for, for your, it was everybody, everybody. If you were part of the nation of Israel, you received an inheritance. And so that's the first thing. There's a, to live in this way, we have to have a sense. We're going to get into this more, but God wants us, when we believe in Jesus, we're told that we have an inheritance. There is a mentality of abundance that God wants us to know, that he has given abundantly of everything that we need for life and for our purpose in life. Now, when would this, this abundance, this mentality of I've received an abundant inheritance, when would that be tested? Well, I think it would be tested in a lean year. When, th when you didn't have so many, when you were like really like needing that harvest and things were kind of tight, I'd be a little more uptight about my neighbor taking some of my grain in that year. And I think it's true for us too is that when, when things are tighter, that it's harder to have this sense of generosity and what's mine is yours. But that's, that's really the test. Um, it's interesting that the inheritance was not only for yourself and your immediate family, but the extended family, that actually if you were an Israelite, the whole nation were your relatives. You were all descendants of, of Jacob. And everybody was related to you. And so there was this sense of, okay, I've got a field and I've got this land, 
But, you know, we're all connected. We're all in this bigger community. We're all a family. And so the second aspect of this, the belief you have to have to live in this, is that I'm part of a family. It's not just me. It's not even just my immediate family. But I'm part of a bigger family. And we're going to look at, that's what the church is. The church is not just a place we go, but it's a family that we're, that we're part of. You can't, we can't fulfill our purpose in isolation or in independence. A lot of times we think of purpose, it immediately goes to, what am I going to accomplish with my life? But you have to have a family understanding to live out your purpose, because purpose is about being connected with others and loving others. Trying to live our purpose independently, it's like trying to play tennis in the backseat of a car. It's just, it just is impossible. There's, the, the constraints don't work. But purpose is all about being part of the spiritual family. And then the last belief under this I want to touch on is that the ancient Israelites should have understood that they have a bigger purpose. They have a bigger purpose than what you would just naturally think. If we would ask ourselves, what's the purpose of being a farmer? We'd think of like, well, you know, I provide for food for my family and resources for my family. And, you know, I feed others. Feed, you know, one, one Kansas farmer feeds 99 people plus you, if you've seen the signs on the highway or whatever. There's a sense of, like, you know, I'm planting, tending, harvesting, take care of our family, building a business, enjoying the fruits of my labor. And, you know, it serves something. But really, God would have wanted his people to understand, yes, that's all true, but it's something much bigger that it was part of his original purpose from the Garden of Eden to, to extend the Garden of Eden in all the world and bring flourishing in the world, to bring life and uh, to build societies the way God intended them to be, where there was, was flourishing. And God told his people that, hey, if you follow my laws, it's going to be such a picture of my goodness and that my ways are, are the best that people are going to be amazed and they're going to be drawn to know who is this God and what's his purpose for my life. In, in later in Deuteron- or earlier in Deuteronomy, in Deuteronomy 4, um, verses 5 through 8, God, God told them this as he's laying out the law. He said, uh, See, I have taught you decrees and laws as the Lord my God commanded me so that you may follow them in the land you are entering to take possession of it. Observe them carefully, for this will show your wisdom and understanding to the nations who will hear about all these decrees and say, Surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. What other nation is so great as to have their gods near to them the way the Lord our God is near to us whenever we pray to him? And what other nation is so great as to have such righteous decrees and laws as this body of laws I'm setting before you today. And so, as the people of Israel would live this out, the whole world would see, wow, there is, there is a God. He's a lot better than our gods. Our gods are demanding us to sacrifice our children. They're demanding us to, to, to just devote our, to really be enslaved to them and in fear to them. But this God, He's a God who abundantly gives to his people, and he brings them into community with one another, where it's, it's a life-giving, reciprocal, interdependent 
community. That's, that's what I'm looking for. And that's what people are looking for. And so as we live out this, this, this purpose for our life of what's mine is yours, then it really draws people to God and expands his kingdom. So that's our, our old, old Testament summary. We're going to look at a, a fuller picture of this in the New Testament. And this is kind of a classic, uh, classic picture in Acts chapter 2 of the early church. And so let's turn there. So this is everything that we could say that the old, a saying is that the Old Testament or the New Testament is the old fulfilled. So in the Old Testament you have like the, the idea is laid out, but it's fulfilled in Jesus and through relationship with him and faith in him. So in Acts chapter 2, we see what was happening when the, the church was birthed after Jesus had died and then risen from the dead and went back up to heaven. And in Acts 2, the Holy Spirit was poured upon the first believers who were gathered in Jerusalem praying. And then Peter stood up, and he, there were thousands of people gathered for this, this holiday from all over the world. And Peter proclaimed this message about who Jesus was. And the people heard the message. And so we pick it up right there in verse 41. Tastes good. Verse 41. Those who accepted Peter's message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. And so this, this is a really miraculous environment right here. The Holy Spirit is poured out. Jesus is being proclaimed as the King and the Messiah and the Savior. People are hearing the gospel, and 3,000 people enlist or place their trust in Jesus and become part of his family in this moment. This is, man, this is such a miraculous environment. And what happens next? It says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. It's, it's interesting here that as soon as people believed they were added to the church. They were added to their number. And the same is true for us, that as soon as you believe in Jesus, we're to be added to a bigger community than ourselves. And that's, that's just basic Christianity. And then they, it's interesting when you look at what they devoted themselves. It was to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Two of those things are obviously about a relationship with God, prayer and the apostles' teaching. And then, but the other two, it's like equally listed here, fellowship and sharing meals together. Like, wow, so being a disciple of Jesus, I'm going to pray, I'm going to learn his word, and I'm going to eat meals with people and build relationships and live in community. Wow, that's all part and parcel of this, this purpose that God calls us, calls us to. Everyone, verse 43, everyone was filled with awe. And many wonders and signs were performed by the, by the apostles. It's interesting that in this environment of generosity, in this environment of what's mine is yours, it's an environment conducive to miraculous stuff happening. There's something that happens when we open up our hearts and our lives with one another, that God is so present in that place, and miracles happen. And healings happen, and lives are changed, and God shows up in ways that us being together, being what's mine is yours, 
that creates an environment where God does really miraculous stuff. And it says, all the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. That was, man, a whole new level here. They were together. They had everything in common. There's this, hey, what's even more, what's mine is yours. I'm not considering my life, my stuff to be just mine. But where is the need? How can I share this with others? Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. You know, it's interesting that as, as the people gave their lives to others, more people were added to their community. People were drawn to this community. People were, see, they saw something different, something radical, something generous. And they, that was part of what drew them to follow Jesus and be part of what he was doing. Uh, I love, back to that article um, Tim Mackey and Whitney Woolard wrote, they said this, they said, to be a Christian is to allow this gospel story to sink so deeply into your heart and mind that it transforms you into a person who's characterized by radical generosity and quickness to share your life and resources to help others. Well, that's really kind of the essence of being a Christian. That's or the evidence is like we are, as we receive God's generosity in our lives, it leads to a quickness to share what God has given us to people around us. And so what is this, how does this play out in our lives? Well, a good question to ask is, well, what are the needs around me? What are, what are the needs in the world? A lot of times we're trying to find our purpose and we're thinking about all sorts of things, but a good question to ask is, well, where are the, where's their need? Because God wants to fill those needs. And, and maybe there's something I have that I could contribute to this. I was, had a conversation with Sharon Williams a couple days ago, and she was talking about her sister, who's a, getting her master's degree in graphic design. And she is, her plan is to go to Japan and minister to people in the whole anime world. Because anime is a very dark place. And there's a lot of darkness in that, in that world. I'm not judging anybody, okay, did I take those words back? But there's a lot of darkness in, in, that, in that culture. And so she's like, man, I've got these artistic skills. I feel that that's where I can take what God's given me and serve this need around me. And that's just a great way to think for all of us. It's like, okay, what are the needs? And then what do I have? And, you know, it's also what are my needs and where do I need to reveal that I've got some needs that I could, I could use some help. Um, but when we look at the needs that God calls us to, to give of ourselves, the whole what's mine is yours, I think there are two things really highlighted very well in this story that are that really where the rubber meets the road. And it's the area of our time and our stuff, our possessions. Our time and our possessions. We saw that lived out so generously in the early church. I mean, they were day-to-day investing in one of those lives, building fellowship in each other's homes, going to the temple courts, serving the needs of their community. It said day by day. There was just a a time investment of their lives with one another. And then their possessions. You know, we, we see that so, so clearly. That they, were, they didn't consider their stuff to be theirs. But where there was a need, they were willing to give it, even to the level of selling 
land or possessions in order to meet the needs of those around them. Um, and so that's, those are areas for us too. And just to bring it home real practically, I think there are a couple like, this, is, this can be, it's a big thing. And really I think the Holy Spirit would be prompting us in different places in our own lives. Okay, where, God, what are you, that's a good question for us. God, what are you wanting me, to, how do I respond? How do you, where are you, are there places where you're wanting to me to, to open up my time and my possessions to others? And that will look very different for each and every one of us. But there are a couple building blocks that I think are really helpful in establishing this lifestyle and this mentality in our, in our life. And when it comes to our, our time, a couple just basic building blocks are what we're doing here this morning, coming together on a Sunday morning and being part of a small group community. Those are just great places to say, you know what, I'm going to have some, some commitments or just places in my life where I prioritize these relationships and I invest in these people and live life together with them. So those are some really good ways to do that. With our, with our possessions, a great way to do it, and God could do all sorts of things. You know, some of us would have stories of things God's put his finger on our life and said, hey, I want you to give that away. Or I want you to sell that. Or just, you know, give it to somebody. Those are some really cool ways God works. A really good way to, to cultivate this pattern in our life is to say, God, whatever you, whenever you give me money, I'm going to give some of that back to you. We see this all throughout Scripture as a, a, a principle of taking what God gives us with us financially and giving him the first part. And in, in 1 Corinthians 16, Paul was writing to the church in Corinth, and he said, on the first day of every week, each one of us should set aside, each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with your income, saving it up, so that when I come, no collections will have to be made. So he was instructing the people, hey, just every, t every week, like, look at where you're at financially and set aside some of your money to give to the common pot, the common cause of what we're doing through our churches to serve people's lives, serve people, and to advance God's kingdom. And that's just a really good, I'm so glad when I was a kid, my, my parents taught me that. that was, they, they taught this, to me to tithe, to say, hey, every time you get a dollar, take 10% of it and give it to your church. And that was just such a, it's a, again, a pattern all throughout scripture. Um, there's debate, is that for us to follow in the New Testament or not? But the principle, and you can s interpret that different ways, but the principle of saying, God, everything is yours, and I want to honor you by, by just always practicing setting aside some of my money that you give me for others and for you. It's just a really powerful way. You know, there's the, the numbers say that if every Christian in America would tithe, we would, in one year, eradicate world hunger, we would eradicate the need for social services. We would, the list goes on and on and on. It's just, it's amazing how much those resources would accomplish if, if Christians really faithfully practiced at, at that level of setting aside some of our resources for, for God and for others. So there's some practical stuff. And, you know, I just want to just bring it back to kind of the, the vision of all this. Like, man, you think about, living in ancient Israel where there was that what's mine is yours mentality. We read Acts 2, and I think all of us go like, wow, that would be a really cool community to be part of. And I'm excited. Like, I, I think, I know we are living this out. I just, I hear stories every week. I, Romaine's not here. I, 
because I think he's on duty as an RA today, but I was talking to him and he said I could share this story. But he, um, our friend Romain is an international student from Jamaica and he's in the, the School of Architecture and Product Design. And this year his parents um, are both, they work in the tourism industry in Jamaica. So after COVID hit, their jobs and income were no longer there. And so he hasn't known how he's gonna, how he's able to pay for his tuition. And it's just been amazing. There have been some family friends that have stepped up. And then even in this community, there have been people that have just have given to him to help make his next tuition payment. And there were, as, as a church, we were able to take some funds and help him out with that. And each time it's like, well, we don't have that much, but it's been like just enough to like meet the next need. And I just, it's so cool to see like stuff like that, how God is providing for needs through other people. And I was talking to Romain, and he was like, yeah, and, and in the area of his time, he's, he was like, yeah, and I just, I, I'm in a fraternity, and we just started a Bible study, and it's cool, because there are like all these people coming to this Bible study, and most of, most of them aren't following God, but I'm doing that. And then, as an RA, we started a, a Bible study there, too, and I'm, I'm doing that, and these people are coming, and I'm going to the campus meeting with Call to Greatness, and I'm, I'm coming to a, a, a training group. Like, man, you, you got a lot going on. You're giving a lot of your time. This is really cool. He's like, yeah, I don't know how it's working, but, but I just like, man, these needs are here, and like, I just feel like I want to do it, and as I do it, like, it's just working out somehow. It's like, wow, that is, that's how this works out, and that's how, you know, it's, it's, that's how God works in our life, and it's, it's just so great to see that happening. And I want to leave us with just asking, God, what are you speaking to me? You know, what are you speaking to me? Is there a place with my time that you're wanting me to trust you and see my time as not just mine, but yours and others? Is there areas with my stuff, with my possessions, with my money that you're saying, hey, or my heart is saying, hey, I want to step out and I want to just, I want to, I want to practice in places where I'm not right now in practicing what's mine is yours. And, you know, also I just want to have us look because it's the, the beliefs that are behind our practices or beneath our practices, even in the, the mindset that we have to live this out. Is there part of this mindset that this morning you're like, you know, I really, I don't have that mindset that I need to have. Or, man, God, you want to remind me of that or grow me in that. So the mindset that I have an abundant inheritance. Maybe that's an area where, Man, we need to go, God, I need to, I need to take on that belief. I need to believe that from you, that you've given me an, an inheritance of, abu of abundance. It's not lack. It's not, there's not enough. But God, I have everything that I need in you and in your people. The mindset of, man, I'm, I'm part of a family. It's not just me. It's not even just maybe my, my natural family, but I'm part of a church family. God's calling me to be part of his people. And Man, there's some things in my thinking that needed to change, to grow, to come into that more fully. And then the last part of this, that man, I have a bigger purpose. My purpose, it's not just about my goals, my dreams, but those gifts and talents God has given me are connected to his purpose for bringing his kingdom into the world. Let's, let's pray together. As we, as we wrap this up here. Father, just thank you so much that the life you have for us is everything we yearn for.
And the purpose you have for us is, is even better than what we imagine in our own minds. This morning, where we have believed things about your purpose for us that are shoddy and shallow, Lord, would you help us to wash those away and help us to to grab onto your higher purpose for us. Lord, help us to, to see what you've given us as not just ours, but yours and others. And Lord, would you just continue to, to cultivate or begin to, to develop in our lives that mindset and that lifestyle, Lord, that the world is yearning for. Lord, thank you for it. Thank you that we get to be part of this. Lord, and where there are needs, Lord, I also just where we have needs in our life that we need to share with somebody. Lord, give us the humility and the courage to let those be made known so that others can, can pray with us and stand with us and you can provide through your people. Lord, we thank you for this. We trust you today in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Play. Awesome. Thank you, Jonathan, for that message. Yeah, I just love every time Jonathan reminds us, um, I just am so refreshed by just the idea of when we find our people, we find our purpose. I remember you saying that, just like when we're trying to live the Christian life or, or find joy and everything when it's just us and God, it's like kind of limited. It's hard. But when we see like, oh, it's for other people, then it's like everything starts rolling. I just love hearing that. Uh, so thank you for that. Um, so before we leave, I just want to go over a few things. Um, if, if you're new, um, we appreciate you ha having you here. Um, we're excited to have you. If you got a little, um, that pamphlet at the beginning at the Welcome Center, if you can just fill out um, the little connection card um, and drop that into at the Welcome Center, we would really appreciate that just so we can get to know you, we can pray for you, um, or if you have a prayer request, please put it on there and uh, give it to someone at the Welcome Desk so that we can just serve you in that way. Um, also, we... The offering, um, if you want to, just like the message was talking about, um, if you want to extend that and just uh, serve God's kingdom and grow God's kingdom through the offering, you can either give online, um, you can text that number, you can go on the Bluemont website and give online. Um, there's also an offering in the back, a little basket that you can place a cash or a check in there. Um, and I'll pray for that later to kind of get us out of here. Um, and then also, something really exciting. Last week, since we uh, took that soft pause, we weren't able to meet in person. We were having to put the um, ECC, the Experiencing Christian Community, on hold. Um, but we're going to do that this week. And we're actually going to do both sessions this week. So it's going to be a little longer, but it's going to be really worth it. We're going to pack a lot of really awesome things. Um, so if you're new, you've never been to that, Please go. It'll be really, um, I think, very just like encouraging to your heart to just hear that and what it's like to live in community, a Christian community, and grow in that way. Um, and also, if you've been before, go again because it's always a great refresher. Um, so we're going to have that right after church. 
Um, the address is 1801 Anderson Avenue. So it's just right down the street um, from noon to 2.30. And there will be some food, right? So free lunch, yeah. So definitely check that out. Um, Okay, so um, Anna Francis um, has amazing th things going on in her life, and we just wanted to, she wanted to share that. Unfortunately, she wasn't able to be here in person um, because she, her, she is part of her frat uh, her sorority, I was about to say fraternity, um, her sorority, she's, they're being quarantined, so she wasn't able to be here in person, but she has a video for us. She made a video for us, so we're going to watch that. Um, yeah, and then uh, before that starts, I'll just pray over the offering, and then we can head out from there. All right. God, thank you so much for just the words that you've spoken to us this morning, Lord. Just your desire um, to have the life, to, to live life with us, Lord, for us to partner with you and see the greater purpose um, for why we're Christians, um, why we've been brought into this amazing relationship and what to do with that, Lord. Um, so I thank you that there's greater purpose that you have for us, and I just speak that over everyone here, um, that you would open our eyes, open our ears to see what more you have for us, Lord, and that we would dare to step out and um, surrender our lives, surrender our, our money, surrender our, our time, Lord, so that we can experience the joy of that freedom that you have for us. Um, so I just pray over the offering right now for each person who um, sacrifices that. I just pray your blessing over that, that it would go out and serve and touch lives, um, and you would change the world with it. Yeah, and I thank you for the rest of this week for each person here, um, that they would just see your presence and your glory in their day. In Jesus' name, amen.
All right, awesome. I hope that was really encouraging. Um, so yeah, have a great week and just experience the Lord this week. All right, see you guys. <laughs>